0: you sure. After Dark, a podcast about the CW's Riverdale that's got its memory back and feeling awful sad about it. I'm Alex.
1: When you walk through the darkness for as long as we have, sometimes you just have to hold on a second. I'm just re-listening. I'm listening to the podcast that we do just to learn about what's happened before. And honestly, it's changing my whole perspective on things. I'm Justin.
2: Wait, so there's just one more episode left? (laughs) Just one more left, Pete. We are going to be talking
0: about Riverdale Season 7, Episode 19, Chapter 136, The Golden Age of Television, a.k.a. (laughs) the second-to-last episode of Riverdale ever. Ah! Oh my God! Okay, so just brief <laughs> bit of recap on the first episode of Riverdale, and then we'll work forward. From no, there. just
1: watch the show. We should. We are Archie. We are all of the characters right mm-hmm. now. We are just needing to rewatch this whole show for the. Reason. I, I am going to very like,
0: quickly go through the base level of stuff you need to know to understand this episode. The characters have been back in the 1950s, as we found out at the beginning of the season, due to a comet explosion that's too complicated to get into here. A Tabitha, yeah. who is an angel. Tried to untangle the timelines, put everybody safely back in 1955 and implored Jughead to bend towards justice. Basically, try to leave the world better than you left uh, than it was in the main Riverdale timeline. Um, That is the thing that we're looping back to here. Betty has been working on publishing a book all about giving advice to teenagers and about the voice of teenagers. She also settled a lot of stuff with her mother, Alice, in the last episode when it came out that Hal had an affair with Ethel Muggs. Mother Ethel is in fact his daughter. Jughead is dating Veronica. That's one of the big relationships going on here. Cheryl is yes. of course dating Tony. Uh, Veronica is also working at the movie theater, and it has some connections with Hollywood. Archie is living with Reggie, or rather, Reggie is living with Archie, and Reggie has a basketball camp scholarship, something like that. While, meanwhile, it's important. Yes, it is important. And Archie, meanwhile, is really interested in being a beat poet. That is the thing that he's been exploring, along with Mrs. Grundy, who has been stepping in as his teacher. Also on the Jughead beat, we should mention that the Comics Code Authority is a very real thing in this timeline. And they've been trying to shut down Pep Comics, which is where Jughead has been working with an editor named Mr. Fieldstone. So that's kind of important. That's run by Mr. Featherhead, uh, Principal Featherhead, excuse me, Dr. Worthers and Sister Woodhouse. Also on the Blossom front, we probably should have mentioned that it turned out that Clifford Blossom and Penelope Blossom were both Russian spies who are creating a p-bob, <laughs> a palladium, bob. they were arrested in the last episode thanks to some snooping by Cheryl and Jughead. Kevin and Clay are dating. And Uncle Frank who was kicked out of the Andrews household and went to live with Tom Keller. We find out more about that in this episode. Additionally, one last thing that I'll mention here real quick. Do we need that? Do we need that? uh, I needed that. Yes, yes. Uh, And uh, the last thing that I'll mention is there's Evelyn Everdever is the foil for Cheryl in this timeline. She took over Uh. the River Vixens, and yeah, we deal with that as well. Here's what I want to throw out there first, because just the biggest possible broad overview of this plot. The first half of this episode is a lot of like wrapping up the nineteen fifties stuff. And then Angel Tabitha comes back, reveals everything. Everybody gets their memories back by, as we talked about the last episode, literally binge watching the TV show Riverdale. No. I mean like, binge I think
1: I think we willed this into existence. Like yeah. I'm not saying like I, I'm I feel like to we just give said you it. the credit
0: for this, one hundred percent.
1: I said this as a joke like four seasons ago and then it happened in the show. And I'm not saying I'm not saying it definitely is the cause of it, but I think that occurred on this podcast.
0: Yes, I think so, too. But at the end, ultimately, where we end up is that both Jughead and Betty surprisingly decide to keep all their memories while everybody else just gets the happy memories of their time over the course of Riverdale. Angel Tabitha leaves, presumably forever, while the quote-unquote real Tabitha in the 1950s, we find out she's going to move to Chicago. She's going to become a civil rights leader um, and really important for the world, Um I'm curious to hear how you guys felt about this, because I know there's a lot of trepidation and anticipation and wondering about what was going to happen. This didn't go the way I thought it was going to go, but I legitimately like my eyes were wet for most of the second half of this episode. Like I Whoa. was like, I got very emotional, so, like yes. watching everybody get their memories back going through this again. Like it was not you the watching tip- them watch the show that we watch. Yes. Got you emotional. Seeing this goodbye to Riverdale and really seeing how that affected them, like it legitimately affected me. Uh, how did you guys feel about it?
1: I mean, this I think this was like the leveling up of this episode is unbelievable. It's just from the way everything looked, the the directing, the lighting, down to the wardrobe, everything felt Bigger. This felt like a feature film version of the Mm -hmm. show. And I thought it was the perfect time to just deploy all of this extra money they spent on it. They must have taken way more time. The way these scenes look, the choreography, everything. And then to your point, Alex, the the emotionality of the back half of this episode, the, the one of the biggest things I thought of was, you know, this show, when it first came out, was had the vibe of Twin Peaks. It was like Twin Peaks uh, meets uh, Archie Comics for On the CW. And I feel like this episode paid that off so hard. This was such a great version of that show. And it was emotional, but it was also meta in a way that no other show could ever, ever do. They gave us all the things that we've been wanting. They touched on the ships in a way that I feel like set the stage for a crazy final episode.
0: Pete, what about you? You, You've been very trepidatious about this season in general, so I'm curious to hear what you thought.
2: Yeah, this was like this was this here-we-go episode where it was like, okay, they're somehow going to try to explain this all. And it was a lot. I did get emotional in this episode, but it was at a weird moment where uh, Jughead – uh, hit the spinner rack And I got real emotional about comics On the spinner Com- rack It was like oh my god the <laughs> spinner rack I miss you spinner rack mm. That was a sweet part of my job so of- Very
0: similarly when he's in Pop's Diner And he's eating breakfast I was like oh my god I forgot to have breakfast this morning And that really got me as well that So got you right yeah. there with
2: you right oh, there.
0: Nice. That's
1: nice. totally true No I felt the same way when Archie was like the bear And I was oh, like oh yup. yeah
2: Everybody just looked at the camera and was like You guys remember that right well, the,
0: so there were so many moments in the first half of the episode that really got me. I know we're jumping all over, and then we can kind of dive into the storylines in but particular. Is, but am like, Yeah, go this ahead, is,
2: Pete. This is insane, though, right? Because you're basically saying to somebody, no, they made a TV show out of – you don't have – there's this whole show about your life that I, you were going to sit down and you're going to watch. I, I would just have – so many questions, but the fact that, like Justin said, they they pull it off in a way that it's insane. But they did it; <laughs> it was like not the craziest thing to have happen. You know what I mean? Like Nan, uh, Nana Rose giving us the the big speech of the Blossom Phoenix Rising was just so riveting. It, it, it had everything. It, maybe the best way to talk about everything. this.
1: Maybe the best way to talk about it is to cover the first half up mm-hmm. until Tabitha. Uh, shows up in Jughead's train car that he lives in. Something that Angel we've accepted as normal now. Yeah, when yeah. Angel Tabitha shows up in a child's um uh, train car that he lives house? in. House. Yeah, the train that normal house, yes. thing is where we should yeah. pivot. But let's talk about sort of the wrapping up because I also think you know the back end is where all the heat is for this episode. But they did an amazing job of wrapping up the themes that they established at the top of the season that we have that have sort of been woven throughout mm-hmm. uh, everything so far, I
0: thought. Yeah, I, I can walk us through. We haven't done this in a while, uh, but I could walk us through beat by beat in
2: terms before, of the plot. Yes, Pete. I, I just want to say before we you do that, talk the part the where Archie grapples with <laughs> yeah. all the different versions of himself was just like meta and a way that mm-hmm. was so like classic Archie and yeah. hilarious.
1: I, you know what, Pete? Just wh- while we're feeling this down, about the show. Let's feel nostalgic about the thing where we're like, okay, let's go back to the beginning. You're like, just one thing before we do that. Uh, yeah. And then you say something that we will definitely cover later and you yep. just have to say it earlier. I have I to say that. it. Yeah, I know. You uh, have to
0: say uh, it. Ah, good times. Good times. I love this. Let's go back and talk about the beginning of the episode. So we start off with Jughead is talking about Riverdale reshuffling is the word that he uses after the reveal of the P-bomb the last episode. One of the big fallouts is that Featherhead steps down in the initial implication of this that Werther's maybe accused him of being a company communist probably did in fact. Uh, but as we very soon find out a little later in the episode, Worthers is actually leaving to go to Washington uh, in order to continue his fight against comics. This is tying again into the very real comics code real. authority thing that happened with Dr. Wertham, not Dr. Werther's originals. Um, but That's, yeah. It, yeah.
1: Frederick re- Wertham is a real person. Uh, with mm-hmm. the the I was the, his book was The Corruption of the Innocent or something very so, dramatic yeah. where he so I did a report on this in 11th grade so shouts <laughs> to Mr. Sharts English Finally class
2: do pay it off. Wait, did pay you pay say off. Mr. Sharts?
1: Yep, his name was Mr. Sharp.
2: Oh, did that ever come
0: up in any capacity did I don't know
1: even... what, what do you mean? We called him Mr. Shart every day. Oh. That and he, you know, had IBS so Oh, wow. why, <laughs> what what would that have to do with that? How are okay. those two things no, connected? No, just <laughs>
2: I mean, that's just pretty
1: spot on, I guess. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I grew up in a little town called Riverdale. Uh, but
0: I, I loved Have I all of this. I told you guys about my 11th grade teacher, Mr. Poopsie
1: Whoopsie. <laughs> <laughs> it is, yes. You talk about him a lot. He had a real impact uh, on
0: me. He really did. That's He was like, someday you should do a podcast. And I was like, okay,
1: yeah. sounds good. Wow. Don't shart, uh, I like it. <laughs> I like all this wrap up, Um, especially like we didn't get the youth rebellion that I thought was coming, but we got the resu- same results. Mm -hmm. You know, we didn't get the full confrontation, but Featherhead steps down, Hal moves to the basement, everything sort of um, the the blossoms were taken off the the map. Alice and Betty reconnected like We got the result that I felt like was coming. That's just I was I continue to be surprised we didn't get a full on confrontation with a lot of these people.
2: I'm sorry, you just we just can't, actually can't just say hell moves to the basement because that's like that was such a weird thing to be like. I, I, don't worry, buddy, I'm gonna move to the basement, and I was just like, I, I, I guess that's that, a thing that happens in the fifties. Guys- I'm in the
0: basement right now. I'd love to live in the basement. We got the TV down here. We got the games down here. I'm having a good time. Yeah. I podcast Maybe Hal's here.
1: excited, or maybe you're a serial killer. One of those two <laughs> yeah, things, one so of the two things is definitely Either way, true. I guess
0: we'll see what happens. I uh, did want to throw something out to you guys that was striking me during this episode. Is Alice and Betty, I'm not going to say the best relationship of the show, but the most fleshed out relationship in the history of the show?
1: I, I think it's the relationship that has been given the most time, nuance, and ability to progress. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that we got to the moment and just to just to talk about it, like Betty and Alice are the most connected they've ever been, I think, in this episode where they the way that Betty talks to her about like wanting to follow her dreams. Uh, Alice steps up and and does right by the school system after she talks with Tony, which was great. Yeah, it's not too late for you. The way Alice reads her book, reads Betty's uh, book, immediately yeah. setting their relationship back into like, well, we're enemies again. And then we get this great final payoff of Alice waking Betty up in the most normal way possible, getting <laughs> at the end you know, of her bed while she's sleeping. You know wake up in the
2: sleeping. morning and your parent is just sitting over you staring at you, you I sleep. mean, it's crazy.
1: I've sat at the end of your bed, Pete, so long, but you just <laughs> haven't woken up. I feel weird because I finally finished your book, The, um, the Pete Mystique.
2: Oh wow! Yeah, did you like my picture on the cover? (laughs) Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I took the photo and
0: then (laughs) painted it up.
2: Oh wow!
1: I know Alex is a beautiful Uh painter, but yeah, you're right. I think they are. It's sort of the at least this season for sure. It is the relationship that the show is sort of putting um, uh, on top on Front Street.
0: And those scenes were really beautiful. I mean, I think this is something they obviously discovered this really early on. They knew Major Abic, obviously fantastic actress. Lily Reinhardt coming in relatively fresh to the show, but I think they very quickly realized what they had with her as well. But it's been very clear over seven seasons. They've given such meaty, dramatic stuff to the two of them to do together. I loved having that in this last episode and presumably we'll get like a little bit more in the next episode as well. But in terms of a wrap up to the relationship, a place to potentially leave them, I thought it was so lovely to see and just to spend the time with those scenes, but also get back to the place where like the power dynamic really shifted back to the way that we know it, you know, that Betty, Betty's the adult in the, in the relationship. She's always been the adult for seven seasons. Something that we talked a lot about at the beginning of the season with the memories being missing is they're still the same characters. They're just growing into maybe a new place or maybe a different place. And I thought what we really, really saw this episode in particular with Betty and Alice is they got back to the Betty-Alice relationship the way we know it. They're just timeline-wise in different places, and they also know different things. I'm going to throw something else out at you guys that there's been a lot of discussion about This got thrown out on our Patreon Slack. I've seen people discuss this online as well. Is Betty's hair, because... As Mm -hmm. of the previous episode, she had the ponytail again. Yes, she did. But also sometimes she has the hair loose and like kind of a bob sort of thing going on. People are very confused about that. Here's my theory that I want to throw out at you guys. One, my theory, this is a big theory, hair grows. Like I think it grows longer over time.
1: So I've read about this theory, and I want to consult my barber about this. (laughs) Because I constantly go there and say like, can you make my hair longer, sir?
0: Mm -hmm. But – So I think part of it is like her hair literally did go longer, so they were able to put it in a ponytail, though maybe the extensions is making it look longer than it actually is. But I also think thematically the thing that's going on here in this episode, even before the memories come back, is we have this ideal mix, at least in terms of the way the show tells us it, of... The Betty we have known from six seasons, who is an investigator, who is in charge, who is confident, knows who she is, and knows what she wants and goes for it, but also this pure, more innocent 1950s Betty that she's not leaving behind at the same time. So we get to see the 1950s hair on her, but we also get to see the classic ponytail at the same time because she's really splitting the difference between these two things.
1: Uh, yeah, I would take it one step further and to say, like, I think the journey Betty's gone through this season is, like, really growing up, like... Mm-hmm. And, and all the characters as an extension. Uh, but, like, to, to have her, like, be this more composed... Like, it feels like she's in charge of everything now. And it, I think it's interesting that we the time jump where we sort of missed them really maturing and they mm-hmm. built a lot of problems into their lives. This season has been, look, this is how they actually grow up and become the the best versions of themselves. Yeah. And I think that's what we're seeing with all of them, except Archie seems to be growing more innocent and uh, sort of schoolboy. He's going to be a hobo.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's going he's <laughs> to jump on a train somewhere. Uh, well, let's keep walking through this. So, we talked about the scene with Alice saying that she's never been alone. So sad the way that made Genamic delivers that. And then we cut over to the Blossoms. And finally, Nana Blossom is back. She is in charge. Woo. Just her, Julian, like and the Phoenix. Such a perfect Nana Blossom speech of like, yes. well, we finally got rid of those two. That's for the better. But the Blossoms must rise again. I loved it. Great.
1: Yeah, I Absolutely maniac.
0: Well, and Cheryl's plan, too, where she's like, I know exactly what I'm going to do to help the Blossoms rise again.
2: Take over the cheerleading squad. Yeah. That's what you uh, start with the cheerleading squad. Always. Every plan yeah. starts with that.
1: And I loved this for two reasons. I thought Cheryl's challenge was great. Cheryl got them the, a great, like, yeah, a great, like. Wild Cheryl, like the Cheryl that's a a a total wild card. She got to be that here and come in, have this amazing dance off, shot beautifully. Like the sunlight in this in this episode, the way it's pouring in, sunsets always, it's beautiful. And then I I know Evelyn is now sort of the villain of this season in a way. I love the the way she acts. She like burns Cheryl right when she walks in and then just screams. (laughs) out the door. No. Uh, Evelyn ever never has been one of my favorite characters to watch. Even though she's like a villain, I'm not saying I like her takes, but I think she's such a good foil in this season.
0: Have you read her? She does a column weekly of the Federalist
1: and it's uh, Yeah, exactly. Season. Exactly. <laughs> when another thing we we have to mention is the return of Weatherby and the his big speech and like I thought they really gave this time in a, a you know, in a precious bit of real estate where we're down to the last two episodes of Riverdale. They let Weatherby talk about these bigger themes that came up, you know, in the first episode we talked about and then later about like, you know, uh, race in relation to being young in this era and how like every the whole everyone in Riverdale in our the core four and beyond like really took this up and to have Weatherby have this great big speech and say that Riverdale is a better place, I think, was really great. Uh, Really nice. Yeah, his
2: speech, uh, you know, being decent was really uh, fantastic. But I got back up the truck here. That Cheryl, uh, we got like a real Cheryl entrance in this when she kind of like kicks open the door for her, you know, vixen comeback. And then the, you know, like blowing the kiss as she's doing the split finishing Mm -hmm. move. I mean, that was was just unbelievable. That was just... And that's your finishing move in Street Fighter, right, Pete? Wow, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Mortal Kombat, that's my finishing move. There's not uh, I agree with
0: you guys. I loved getting one more Cheryl dance battle out of almost nowhere. That was great, very classic. We've gotten multiple Rock and times. Robin. Yeah, okay. Rock and Robin. Got that multiple times over the course of the show. I also love the move of her telling the cheerleading squad and saying, I'm with Tony Topaz. We're getting steady. We want to live in the light. And I then live the light. Two, two other random characters are like, we're also gay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, but I I, I see. Uh, I half of me was like, "Oh, that's a little." These people are new, but I also <laughs> like it to be like. The, which I think is the point here is like the choices that these people are making, and Tabitha gets into this later are changing not just Riverdale, but the world. Mm-hmm. And so like, I think this was a, a, a necessary example to show that like, look, when one person steps up and, and puts themselves out there, it helps other people and it's an exponential effect. And so I appreciated it, even though it was, it was while that they were introduced seconds before they had a huge <laughs> yeah. emotional moment right, in front sure. of the it's camera. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, to your point, I mean, this is a bigger theme and idea here, but something that I'd posit about, What they're doing here is they started this season for Riverdale at a semi-realistic place, like in terms of talking about race, in terms of talking about homophobia, in terms of talking about all these issues. What they're saying now is the actions that they've taken, thanks to their foreknowledge running below the surface or manipulations from Angel Tabitha or whatever, are pushing it a little bit towards fantasy land. Like, this is not the real world. This is Archie comics slash Riverdale world. But I think the lesson the show is imparting to us is these little actions can have bigger ramifications. That in the real world, if you come out to your cheerleading squad of the 1950s, are two more people going to come out and it'd be totally fine for everybody? Absolutely not. But if we, in 2023, do little acts of kindness, try to push things forward, try to be better and more honest people and more understanding of the people around us, in little ways and big ways, we will push the way forward.
1: Well, and I, I think, yes. But even beyond that, I think it's like, there are just as many like acts of repression happening in our world as mm-hmm. there were then on a personal basis to people who are watching this show right now, listening to this podcast. So, like, I-, I think the message rings true across across time.
0: Yeah, to jump back to Weatherby for a second. So good to see him again. I thought that was a great surprise. I don't know who I expected to come in, but it was not Weatherby. It was really good seeing yeah. him again. It was great speech. I also loved Archie going in and being like, "Hey, there's well, this teacher." Set,
1: allowing Weatherby to set up the other most important relationship of this season. Archie and Mrs. Thornton coming <laughs> back together. Why that, Archie and Archie and Mrs. Thornton have gotten more play than Archie dog. What are we talking <laughs> about here?
0: Why Nothing against the actress, nothing against the scene. Why was she back? Like,
2: wh- he had already decided to be about? on the rails. How's he going to be a hobo if he doesn't have the encouragement already, so of So we had a great teacher.
0: scene, I thought, between Archie and Reggie where they're shooting hoops. And he's like, he does that great Allen Ginsberg poem. K.J. Apple <laughs> delivered it really well.
1: And then... <laughs> well, it's just funny... <laughs> Archie's turned up to 12 in that scene. He's like, I like basketball. I'm a a ball. I was like, this guy is, this guy could beat a bear. This guy could beat a bear.
0: Yeah. He already decided to ride the rails. And then Miss Thornton was like, sounds good. And he's like, sounds good. So I'm just not sure what the function of that scene was necessarily. But it's all right.
1: I I think it's in opposition to Frank from a mm-hmm. couple episodes back really being like, this is inappropriate. I think it was like a permission system for Archie to be like, okay, I can pursue this lifestyle, which then sets up the uh, moment with Reggie later where he's like, you know what? Uh, I will actually be able to do the same thing and help out my friend by take, by taking your job on the farm. And I love that scene as well. I thought that was really nice. I, that made I, it cemented Archie as the George Bailey from "It's a Wonderful Life," hmm. and the Archie from the the comics when we saw the um, the issues where he married Betty and Veronica back to back, he when he the issues he married Betty were him being like staying in town and being the figure that just like was the core of Riverdale, and that feels like
2: maybe where we're headed here. Uh, I I just want to get back to the kind of like getting that teacher in there. It kind of does this thing of like I felt like it was righting wrongs of uh, Mm -hmm. which teacher should be, you know, you know, doing what. And so they were just kind of like use it like, okay if uh, do you you think whether. Weatherby's back. We should bring back the poetry teacher. mm -hmm, Do you think it would
0: have helped me a little bit, just to throw it out there, if towards the end, Angel Tabitha was like, I know you all solved homophobia and racism, but it was really bringing Mrs. Thornton back to school that really
1: pushed you over the edge. Well, maybe that's what the next episode's all about. (laughs) Probably, Mrs. Thornton. (laughs) Yeah, Thornton Dale. But let me just throw out this also. With Weatherby and Grundy being relatively young in the 50s, makes them age-appropriate, for when they are in the present day what are you they getting, are they what get are you out of here, here? I'm just yes. saying, we always talked about early on, like, why is oh, Grundy okay, like young?
0: old, like they are in the comic books. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, all right. I thought you were mentioning age-appropriate another way. That's a, that's a difficult term to throw out there with Grundy, I'm just going to say. so.
1: Well, I just um, meant age-appropriate in the relationship of the comic books, Alex. Keep your mind. Keep your mind. All, right. Your mind all right,
0: all right. Well, let's get back to the plot because some big stuff goes down. We jump over to the Peps Comics office, which I just want to mention. I yeah. felt very stupid watching this episode. I'm sure everybody else realized this. I did not realize until this episode that it was the FBI office, was the Pep Comics office. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. There was something about the angles they shot it at. They finally turned it around and when I saw Jughead coming down the stairs. I was like, oh, okay. All right. I get it now. Mm-hmm.
1: A lot of FBI offices are just former comic book Former comic
2: shops, you know, yeah. And vice yeah. versa. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah. They sure.
0: are going to publish a story called The Comet Bait on the Web Dubois story which we got mentioned uh I don't remember how many episodes back but Tabitha Way and Jughead read it together um uh, obviously yeah. it parallels the actual events with the comet that happened in the previous season which is the whole Callback. reason we're here. Um but I I really like the storyline as well. I loved them Publishing the story anyway, Pep Comics shutting down, which I was very surprised about, given that I predicted that Jughead is going to invent Archie Comics. I still kind of think he will. Hey,
1: I, I'm going to say, like, I feel like it's more likely to happen. Yeah. The way that he walks out with the Fieldstone and Jughead photo, like, it feels like it's like the baton is being passed as opposed to something ending. I think yeah. Jughead will go on to make Archie Comics.
0: But I love this move. I thought this was very sweet and nice and a nice way of bringing the theme back, weaving in the comment and the Tabitha stuff before she shows up in the second half of the episode. Uh, Good stuff.
1: The only Uh, other thing I would say is like unless we think Jughead is going to become the um, writer, director, executive producer of a television show called Riverdale. (laughs) Which is possible. I would even throw I that, out that as
2: probable. That's pr- potentially probable. Well, <laughs> or, paradox or the reason that the comic book shop is closing is so we can open up the FBI office mm. where Bughead will then uh, get back together in the last episode. Oh no, oh, that's
1: a fun fantasy to have. <laughs> Honestly, Pete, and like I will talk about this in a minute. I thought this was a beautiful Bughead. You had a great bughead couple moments in this episode. I agree. And I think I think the show, like we've talked about, has moved away from that and keep holding out hope. And there's still hope, technically, uh, for the last episode. But I really loved the moments that they talked about. I guess, are we pivoting to the second half?
0: Well, no, of- there's still a couple of other things we need to talk yeah. about before we get on here. Um, Kevin goes to visit his dad. Oh, and Frank yes. is coming out of the shower. The implication being very clear that Tom and
1: Frank are together. What do we think about this? I think that is definitely what's happening here, and I think, to me, I, I, the fact, I thought that we were going to see another scene about it because it was very strange to me that they showed that and then they left it but i think maybe the takeaway from it is like look these people are miserable and they are together but they are sort of trapped together and living this lie that he can't tell his son even though he knows his son is is gay like he is like it's like what Like why – it just shows the wall between them and the wall between a lot of the parents who are stuck in their conservative ways. It was just –
2: Uncle Frank is dead to me, so then doing this thing (laughs) after he just like railed on Archie for – Trying to do something different, and be creative. The fact that he is like—it's
0: pointing out the hypocrisy, exactly—and
2: the rep-
1: yeah. how damaging repression like that can be. And I think it was the one sort of counterpoint to all the like the steps forward that all the that this show has made and all the characters have made. It was like, I, look, these people are stuck in the in their own past.
2: I just, I you know, are we going on? I I don't know. I just I hear what you guys are saying, but I was just yeah. like, I. I
1: Maybe we'll see something that will come from this in the in the final episode. I feel maybe like when they're probably, hanging out in
0: their hotel room, they'll binge watch Riverdale and get their memories back and be nice guys again.
1: We'll see. Or maybe uh, Keller will write a poem and Frank will be like, "What? The one thing you can't <laughs> no, you do." Can't. <laughs>
0: We get a quick scene that's clearly set up for where these characters are going. Where Veronica, convinced by Jughead, decides to make a movie of the comet. She hires Clay as the writer and director of the movie. That's a normal thing that happened in the nineteen fifties, right? A bunch of teenagers get together to make a Hollywood movie with Sidney Poitier. Yep.
1: Yeah. Uh, I yep. mean, well, no when Zero when Clay's questions. been fiddling, <laughs> when Clay's been fiddling with a script for years, of yeah. course it's easy to come through. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean i i I like this i think this is fun setup i'm sure we'll get to see more about this in the next the final episode but the idea i feel like veronica's character in this season and i guess last season too she's just basically we just get headlines from her for Mm -hmm. the most part where it's just like i'm doing this and i wish we just got more of her life we get a little bit in the back half of the episode i'm sure we're going to talk about it but like I just want more of, like, a real journey for her. And I guess you can't hold emotional space for everyone. It's just a bummer that Veronica's the one that's getting a little bit short shrift.
2: Well, we don't know. We got a whole episode left.
0: We'll see. I mean, I would also say, conversely, she is a character who always knows what she wants and goes for it. So versus everybody else that's kind of had to figure everything out, she certainly had hiccups along the way. But... She knows she likes Hollywood, and then she gets the chance to be a big producer in Hollywood, and she does that. So there you go. But yeah. then we get, after Jughead writes his goodbye note to Pep Comics, and everybody is reading it, we get him walking back to his train car. And this is the moment, like, in my head, I started going like, oh, here it comes. Here, oh, here, it here, comes. here we go.
1: My literal only thought here was, we this go. is wild. <laughs> wild. The, it, truly, I was like, anything can happen right now. And like yeah. for a show to put you in that headspace, I was so excited about this moment.
0: Same here. And the way that it was paced out, like legitimately everything in the second half of the episode, the way the information was paced out, the way they moved through the scenes, the way mm. they hung on certain moments, it. Got me. Like, I know we've been waiting for this all season. I know some people would prefer that we would have spent more time with their memories yes. back. Yes. I get that and I hear that. But dramatically, the last 20 to 25 minutes of this episode was so satisfying and emotionally powerful to me. It beautifully did. I'm good with it. Yeah we could have had more though. We could have more. We could have had that. more, but, no, but we didn't have more. And this is this is the main thing like that I've been saying all along across the season is I want the show to make me feel something like that's what it does. And it made me feel so many things so strongly just in this 20 to 25 minutes.
1: But I think what you just said was really interesting. Like we could have had more, but we didn't have more. That's where we're left with Jughead and Tabitha at the end of this episode. That's the exact thing. It's like Mm -hmm. we couldn't have more, but we didn't have more because of the circumstances of our life. And that's just a great universal truth. And I think it's like – A beautiful moment Like we get They they So much of Their their relationship Was built around like Big One kiss moments And then we get this Final kiss goodbye Here with them And It was Heartbreaking I know we're jumped to the end But like I I just think that That's such a thematic Here that you hit on Alex
0: Yeah Um, Well let's work through Some of this stuff Because it is very Literary from this point on But everybody makes Very different decisions And we get some sort of Big things in terms of setting up the final episode. So Jughead watches Riverdale on TV with Angel Mm -hmm. Tabitha. She also reminds everybody of exactly what was going on. She managed to untangle the timelines, but put all of the timelines into this one timeline. So she can't get them back to twenty to 23. They're trapped there. They can remember stuff if they want to, and that's ultimately the choice that everybody makes. Jughead tells everybody what's going on. Archie draws the short straw, which I thought was very fun.
1: Before you get any further well, so when Tabitha was stabilizing that timelines, what was she doing? Was she just standing there and just like mm-hmm. moving her hands around? Little, like how is uh,
0: Well, you know when like you find a cord and it's been all knotted up and you're like, how hey, oh, did yeah. this happen? I didn't dangling. do anything to this cord. Uh, that's
1: very frustrating. I yeah. feel for her too. That's, that's what, that's what she was doing. That's what she was and stabilizing doing. stabilizing it with like duct tape.
0: Yes. I loved Archie getting the shark straw, going to the bunker. Um, Archie watches the whole thing. Um, and then... Uh, we get the first of many like insanely emotional conversations between Jughead uh. and some of the other characters. Aren't you talking about uh, Fred in this? Yeah. Uh. Oh, completely got me. Yeah. So
1: good. Yeah. Well, and the way they were able to balance those huge emotional moments with some of the like, funny things Mm -hmm. like archie listing his things like pete you were saying earlier the bear (laughs) line that is coming up in a little bit like it it was just a great microcosm of the show also the way they parceled them out so it was like one by one or uh, two in some cases i thought was really cool my first thought though when everyone's sitting there is jul poor julian (laughs)
2: He's like, I'm a doll. found out he was a doll. He didn't want to, you know, you're like, oh, my God. That was so funny,
0: though. Just throwing a piece of information there. I love the mentioning. You're a doll in the future. Yeah, you're a doll. I'm sorry. No, I'm not watching that. Uh, And also, Kevin and Clay decide, we jumped ahead a little bit, but Kevin and Clay decide not to watch it um, because Clay wasn't there. We get that sweet shot right in the middle of there of them just
1: holding each other on the bed. Yep. Love that. I like, you might look a little different shot cut to Dilton. Who's like, huh? Yeah. Well, I'm a different <laughs> <Yeah>. actor. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Uh,
0: but before that, we get Betty and Veronica are the next people to watch. And man, the smash cut B&B. there from them watching Ugh. to them sitting silently in the diner, Veronica saying you could have prepared us for that better Jughead Jones. Yeah. And just everything with Betty, her talking about her family, Pete, I gotta, I gotta go to you as yeah. the bughead. You get this exchange there of her her saying, you and I, we were together. And then he says, until we weren't. And they Ugh. say, yeah.
2: How did you feel, honestly? I, I was a little disappointed because the way Buck had said it was such a inflection of just like non, you know, he was just like, until we weren't, you know, like it was like a up where it I wanted it to have a little bit more weight to him, but, you know, this is me putting stuff on something. But, uh, yeah, the way he was just kind of like lightly or trying to kind of, uh, you know, brush past it was I I wanted a little bit more. uh, And I got one more episode to go, so we'll see what happens. But, um, yeah, it was uh, it was just a little like, yeah, until we weren't. And then next I, didn't thing, read, I didn't read. I didn't read it as flip. No, yeah, I didn't think it was flip. It
1: I was, thought it was sort of just like knowing. It was like it was poignant. They don't, it was yeah. It was it was nice. Yeah. Imagine watching a, a relationship you would had no idea about. And you'd be like, oh,
2: we did. Imagine watching here. Riverdale for the first time. I mean, well, well and I, I, I do think.
1: Do.
0: I, I do think from a meta-textual perspective, they were also recognizing it for the fans that. We're not going to ignore the fact that this was a huge chunk of the show for a very long time. We're going to have to talk about it. And then we're also putting a point on it by being clear that, like, the next half of this episode is not about Benny and Jughead getting back together. It's about, this relationship is over. And I'm sure people will watch it and be frustrated that they weren't like, and also, you never called me back after this, and what was that voicemail, and going through all the plot lines. But this was a sweet, simple way of putting a pin on it. When there's a lot of other things to get through emotionally.
1: Well, and another way to look at what happens later where they're like, we can just remember the good things, not the bad things is like, yeah, we don't have to deal. Well, we'll talk about it in a second, but you don't have to deal with all the minutia of that. It's about the core emotions and the core connections between these people. And I think that's really, really beautiful. Also, I just want to say like uh, the actors uh, Cole Sprouse and Lily Reinhardt dated in real life also. Yep. Right. And then broke up while the, over the course of the show. So that's must've been wild to say to each other on camera for the television show, Riverdale. Um, but I, and one other thing I want to say, hearing them talk about this is how we sound talking to anyone. (laughs) (laughs) That was weird too. I saw myself in here.
0: (laughs) So they do, like we're saying, end up deciding to just keep the good memories or at least most of them do. We'll get to like the cliffhanger at the end there. Um, but I love this as well. It's crazy to watch these characters watching a television of themselves in Riverdale on stage, but I've never seen anything like that on television. Like, I've no. ne- and to have essentially like a clip show of the best moments of the show in the second to last episode uh, that me as a viewer reminds me like, oh my God, I loved all of these good times we've watched over the past seven seasons. Again, really emotionally affecting in a surprising way.
1: A hundred percent. I loved the fact, you know, clip show used to be something that was like sort of derogatory, like, oh, um, this week's episode of blank sitcom or show is just a clip show. But I love this, the way that they sort of they the way the characters are experiencing it is how we experience the show to bring the viewer and fan and characters together. Like it felt like we were there as fans Mm -hmm. of the show at the same time. And I, that's just a magical thing. Like, I, it's amazing that the show, like, could could do that, where we got to see, and it boiled down to the ships. You see, you touched on everybody. In the current timeline, you have Jughead's arm around Veronica, but then you also see... uh Man, Monica is strong in here. You got the Bughead Prom. You get the Barchi Kiss. You get uh, Jabatha. You get Kevin and Fangs sharing a look where you're like, right, whoa. And it's just (laughs) like – it was just amazing to see it all at once. It was really great.
2: I'm glad you guys are enjoying it. I feel like it was just such a huge uh, swing and such a huge uh, thing to do that my mind was kind of just swimming with the fact of like, wait there's so many more memories other than just good or bad. You know what I mean? There's important Mm. memories that maybe inform who I am. Like just like trying to separate like what you learn and what you don't really fast and a kind of like all or nothing decision was really hard to just be like, well, you can either have the good memories or you can have the bad memories or, you know, Dark Buddy's like, I'll have the ball, you know? So I, I it was just a lot to kind of like, Uh, It was a, it was a kind of like a big idea uh, to kind of like to swallow, I think a little bit where it was just like, I was like, what, wait, what, what?
1: It was definitely overwhelming. But I think you point to the fact that Jughead and Betty at the end chose to keep the bad memories too, because I think they're the characters that are the most mature, They're the most, especially through this season, they're the most like complete humans currently on the show. And the fact that they were like, well, no, I want to learn all the lessons. I don't want to cut out these things that happened. Just for the sake of not being able to deal and with it. I want to feel, I be able maybe to feel they everything. I want to be able to be
2: together then,
0: if they're the most. You know what I mean, well, they're I also, guess, I, I will say, I understand what you're saying, not to run over you, Pete, but I think they're also in this continuity, they're writers. Like Jughead's always been a writer, but Betty is a writer here. I think she, yeah, a published writer. And I think they both understand <laughs> that they need to understand all of these experiences. Like Jughead says, you need to understand both the dark and the light to get your experiences and be a really whole person. Everybody else, like you're saying, Justin, like Archie is the perfect example of that. He, even with all of his good memories back, still has a lot of growing to do. He had a lot of growing to do in the main continuity as well. So yeah. he's going to continue to grow and change. Jughead and Betty are kind of already there. So that's, I think, why they make the decision. I don't want to skip over, though, the Jabitha ending. Of though. course, yes. Oh, my God. That love this so good absolutely crushed me but in a good way positively crushed me but having jughead realize oh wait i'm with veronica right now but i was with tabitha she's leaving tabitha crying and going after her the line it really sucks you had to die to make this all happen even though she denies it she kind of did right yeah
1: Definitely. I mean, she goes away. Like, that's it. But
2: there's another Tabitha in this timeline, so she could be in the next episode. Yeah,
1: but that's not not the one that that Jughead loves. Like, they had a connection maybe, but like, this this is the relationship.
0: Yeah, we're told that that Tabitha is going to move to Chicago. She's going to become a civil rights lawyer. She's really important for the world. I don't think maybe they cross paths, you know, maybe we'll see like him, see her on TV or something like that. But,
1: um, but I, I would also say, I think importantly, the Jughead Veronica relationship is currently active. Yes. Like they, they, that's not, that was not ended as we, sort of, we predicted here. They had the, the Jabitha moment, mm-hmm. but I think, you know, and I think they do love each other, but I think Jughead walks back in and anything can happen.
0: Yeah. Anything can happen. I will say, though, based on this episode, regardless of what happens in the next episode and I know this is a crazy thing to say because it's almost a contradiction of terms, but Tabitha is endgame. Like, that is what we are told here. Even if we get to a world where Jughead and Veronica are married in the next episode, and that's how we end the episode, that's fine. Like, technically, yes, that is endgame because that's where we end the game. But here, it's clear that Jughead and Angel Tabitha, that version of Tabitha, they are endgame lovers forever. The way that Tabitha describes it that bubble where they live their entire lives still exists out there. It's still part of their memories. It's what they part of. they still remember. And I think just on that, it was a beautiful, beautiful ending for the couple. I thought it was really well done.
1: I agree. And then we get yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Do you think that when they were watching Riverdale, did it end with the Bailey's comment or did they watch like some of the season?
2: Hmm. Yeah, did, know, they, did, they, did they watch some of the new season or did right. they stop? I think what me? they
0: probably did was they watched the first two seasons and they were like we really like this. We picked it up the second season after the Netflix pump, And then the third season they're like this is too yeah. complicated. The mystery is too complicated. It's I'm going to I'm yeah. going to peace out and I'll catch it later on Netflix.
1: Do you think they
2: fast forwarded through commercials or was it like commercial? Well, it would be because Veronica was like, you know what? This show lost me with the floating babies a little bit, but maybe next season. Veronica's
1: the Pete of (laughs)
2: Riverdale. We do need to talk about the last moment, though, because this is
0: another one that like made me gasp for the way that it was paced and the way that it was put out there because Jughead is in Pops. He's writing and he's talking about, he needs to write the final chapter of Riverdale. What else could be called? But, and then the music comes in the tell me from Uh, the very first episode. And then he types goodbye Riverdale. And then he just sort of goes and sighs like he's not ready for it. Perfect. Perfect. Perf- he perfect. is all of us. In the episode.
1: Yeah. We were, th- this was an, enjoy- we were all riding along with all these characters in this episode, I think. Except, Except for Pete. Except for Pete, Except for Pete. I was hoping the breath was down like, a he
2: was just taking a breath in between plane. eating He's in a plane that crashed. Two years. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he was just taking a break between eating one cheeseburger and another, and it's that breath of like, <sighs> you know? Oh,
1: oh, here oh. More <laughs> you take one breath between the hamburgers? Yeah, you, need you need to breathe more. You need to breathe more. Less meat, more oxygen, my guy. Mm. Uh, Well,
0: listen, I love this episode. I was very into it. There's a lot going into the finale. Um, Before, a couple of, we'll get to some business in a second. Why don't we talk about MVP for this episode, though? Justin, who's your MVP?
1: Oh, uh, great. Well, I just have two things to say real quick. Gotta get shout out. The good, the bad, and the bear. Love oh, that line. God, the volume.
2: good, the bad, and the bear. Thank I love you for saying.
1: Jughead's line because she's an angel, like flexing on him about Tabitha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was great. Shouts to FP. We get one shot of oh, our guy yeah, I in here. Got Glad to see him there. And I just want to say, Archie and Betty are sitting next to each other a lot in this episode. Yeah, like, elbow to elbow. They're <laughs> just sitting next to each other a lot, you know, like mm-hmm. you do. And so that's a fun spatial relationship that two people can have and then build their lives around.
2: I also, the Reggie getting emotional uh, with Archie moment was really nice. Uh, That was beautiful. That whole scene was really beautiful. I love you. I love you. you. Uh, Yeah, it was really
0: nice.
1: Um, uh, But MVP, I mean, there, can we give it to everyone? Can we give it to just the entire cast? Wow. Uh, Because everyone was really great in this episode. Maybe we'll save that for next time. But I think I got to give it to Cheryl in this episode. Oh, come on,
2: you dick. Well, you you always get to go ahead
1: of me. So give me a break. I'm going Uh, first this time. And I'm saying Cheryl.
2: Come on. That finishing move was unbelievable. Really great. Loved
1: her. Uh, We got to see, because I think it was simultaneously paying off a lot of Cheryl stuff from the entire series. But also it felt like it was the first time we'd ever seen her. It was like very fresh Cheryl moment. So I love that. Great stuff. Pete, what about
2: you? Who's your MVP for the episode? Um, I'm going to have to give it up to Betty, I guess, because the. the You
1: seem so let down by saying that.
2: Well, you—I had one all set, and then you took it, so I had to quickly come up with another one. Um, her going back for more, wanting the the darkness as well as the light, uh, really gave me a real bane moment of her. Uh, she was like, you, you know, you—I was born in this, so you. Were, yeah, so I, yeah, I, I, also I appreciated thought about that. bane when I was watching her. I just yeah, dark, well, Betty, dark Betty, dark yeah. Betty vibes. You know mm-hmm. what
0: I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, she's wearing that mask bane. at the end. Bane all day air
1: day as <laughs> yeah, I That's
0: right man. Uh, I'm going to give it up to Tabitha This was her last episode It was really lovely I wish we had seen more of her this season Obviously we didn't uh, That is okay But great send off here Really beautiful um, Everybody was great across the board great and I think we can all agree that going into the final episode, I think we're set up for a final episode where every single Riverdale fan is going to be like, I'm very happy with that. That sounds good.
1: Yep. yep. Yeah, I think, our, you know, we, we tend to talk for quite a bit of time on this podcast, but I think our next episode will be just the three of us at the same time saying – no notes. And then that'll be, the that be the end of At Riverdale After Dark. Yeah. Well, to that point, we're really going to
0: try here, time depending, to do a bunch more episodes to wrap up the show that we've been covering for so long yes. and been on this journey with all of you for so long. So here's what I'd like to do. I'm going to put the call out on social media as well. But if you have questions, thoughts, or theories Going into the final episode of Riverdale, please hit us up. You can email us at comicbookclublive at gmail.com or you can hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever we are available. We want to do an episode before the finale where we go through all those questions and theories. All
1: speculation. Questions, all speculation. answers, full spec. Let's go.
0: Yeah, let's absolutely do it. Uh, and then, of course, we're going to talk about the finale episode and then we're going to plan on doing at least one episode after that to just deal with our feelings and then maybe again go to you yeah. all for your questions and thoughts and stuff. But that all said, if you would like to support this podcast and all the podcasts, we do patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Facebook and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Riverdale, Apple, Spotify, not Stitcher because that's going away at the end of the month. You can subscribe on any other major Platform at Riverdale dark on Twitter Riverdale after on Instagram Riverdale after dark on Facebook Comic book Dot com for this podcast and many more Until next time we'll see you After dark uh,
1: Our last episode is called the Reckoning right but we're gonna be <laughs> In our 80s we're gonna tape it in our 80s <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, smart. Yeah yeah, that yeah. O- and Old Pete looking- o-
0: Older Pete oh. older-
2: Let's <laughs> yeah, oh, oh. not hey, get crazy Hey, hey.